Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ball Brother Podcast. Uh, I'm Miguel, Miguel Brown, to be exact, if you don't know who I am. And uh, my lovely co-host, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Nate. Uh, just Nate. Woo! Did you hear that? Did you hear fan, fanfare? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I heard somebody cheering, so I guess we already have fans. Somewhere, somewhere in the the recess, they hear crunching too. There's definitely like it's a it's a nice joyous occasion. It's a, a grand time. Uh, yeah. So, Nate Nathaniel Edwards, the one, the only. Um, I'm glad to have him as. I'm glad to have you. Why am I saying him? You're you're here. I'm glad to have you as I don't know my fellow podcastee, podcaster. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Like we're like a minute into the podcast, and you, you already forgot. I was here. That's yeah, and you know, I, I already forgot that this is an intro. I'm supposed to be giving people, you know, like the inside scoop on what this is going to be. So, uh, yeah, let me just get to that. It's just, uh, you know, two guys, two two brothers, you know, just talking about basketball, talking about what is going on in the league, the NBA as a whole, what that looks like, what the future is going to hold, the history of it all. I mean. I don't know. It's going to be a very, very mixed bag of NBA topics. What you guys want to talk about, what we want to talk about, what's important. I don't know. Just a whole, a whole, uh, what's, what's the snack that has like a little bit of everything? A trail mix bag of NBA talk. That's the best way. I don't know if we want to be known as the trail mix of like NBA talks. Like I feel like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a top tier snack, but I'm allergic to. I could never have them. They just seem like a a dream snack to me. I don't know. Your dream snack is trail mix. Well, like dream in a sense, like wow, I can dream to have peanuts in this. Like, okay, you know what, puppy chow is that better? Is that no? Yeah, we are the puppy chow of podcasts. And just like Miguel said, we're going to be focusing on the National Basketball Association. But of course, we're going to give like special attention um, to our hometown Milwaukee Bucks. Now, on this episode, you can expect uh, really three different segments. We first have our knee-jerk reaction recorded just moments after Giannis signed the Supermax. Uh, we're going to get into our season preview and a little bit of the off-season recap. And then, just like every episode on the Ball Brother podcast, we will be ending with our weekly bold prediction. I I literally could not have said it better myself. All right. Giannis just announced on Twitter that he is going to sign his Supermax extension. I think at this point he hasn't signed it yet, but I don't know. The Instagram post is good enough to me. Yeah, it looks official. So it's like, not like the bogey thing where it's at midnight and oh God. no one has a clue whether or not it's true or not. The bogey thing. Oh, my God. I can't wait to, to rant about that. I Like, there's going to be some, like, strong words for Woj in this segment. I have even more sh- stronger words for Woj later, but... I mean... There are so many, so many different adjectives that I could use to describe that snake of a man, that absolute rap scallion. But you know what? Let's focus on the positive. We got five years of arguably the best player in the league. 
probably probably five years. And this is why I have a problem with Woj already. But my, my first question about this contract is, where were you when you heard? What were you doing? Oh, did he not tweet? Did he not break it? Oh, where was I? Where was I specifically? Yeah, where were you? I was, oh, where was I? I was in my room, uh, and I got a call from one of my uh, insider sources, we'll say. And he was like, hey, man, we did it. We signed him. And I was like, well, you know, it's shock. It's a mix of shock and, like, relief because, like, I'm sitting here supremely confident in that this man who we've seen the memes, he won't he won't turn down free water that he was going to turn down a Supermax. I, I think that was crazy to think to begin with. But, you know, doubts creep in. You start to hesitate when you start to see the comments. Like, oh, yeah, like the bogey thing was a slip up. And like, oh, yeah, like you guys will know before I do. Like that stuff is mysterious and scary. We've always heard him be supremely confident. Like, oh, yeah, I'm here in Milwaukee. I'm here to stay. Boom, boom, boom. Always like down to the detail. He's been straightforward. But this was the most mystery we've ever had in his signing. But I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was I was in my room and I am I was shocked and I still am shocked, as you can tell by by the uh, the pace at which I'm speaking with right now. Yeah, it's history, I, man. The funniest thing about this whole situation is like we all just ignored those tweets from like two years ago when he was saying like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm gonna stay here. Like Milwaukee's my home. This that I want to build a championship team here before i go oh and yeah as soon as it got down to like next timeline we were freaking out because he didn't sign it what like like 10 days into his like ability to sign it or whatever yep. like he it was really just out there hooping instead i think yeah it was really just it, it's hard to negotiate nba contracts i think it wasn't anything about like about building a spectacle or trying to spite other teams i just think that when you're working around a contract of that magnitude, of course it's going to take time to hand, hammer out those little details because those little details are the difference between him and his agent making $10 million more million on those bonus incentives or $10 million less just off of missing something. So I think it was just uh, a thing about getting supreme detail in this contract since it's the first of its kind. It's the biggest ever, is it not? Uh, it is the biggest ever. And I, I think there's probably some like posturing from like uh, a horse, uh, like holding out on some of those like sweeteners and stuff like that. When it's just like, you know, you're going to give it to them. Like, why, why, why wouldn't you give the person every single like ounce of thing they wanted in their contract if they're the two time MVP defensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Everything. I, I'd give them the world. Come on. But speaking of the contract, like we have a, uh, what was it, Barbie? not Barbie, Bobby Marks from uh, ESPN, like re- released like a projection for the contract um, and what it's probably going to look like. And it looks like it's really like back ended with like 39 million the first year, 42 million second, 45 million the third, 48 million. Ah. And then the there is the 51.9. I see. I see. So that's the, uh, that's the kicker. That's how we're, luring him to stay each and every year is that it's going to go up more and more. I see. I see what we're doing. Again, yeah, that's the that's the projected amount. We don't know what it's, like, actually going to be each year yet. And then if you add in, what, the $27 million he has from uh, this current year, then 
that puts him at like almost like 270 like it's like more than like a quarter of a billion dollars insane about insane your old man think about it just think about turning down a quarter of a billion dollars that's insane that's some james harden shit right there i couldn't fathom i was gonna say or some kyrie irving shit saying like oh i don't sign contracts from pawns or whatever like (laughs) bullshit he's on okay i lord i mean that takes some balls i mean james harden fuck that man has probably the largest set of testicles i might have ever seen on this planet earth because if if i'm in that position hell no I'm taking that money and I'm running because I don't know if my body breaks down in two years. James Harden's body, Lord knows if it breaks down in two years. That thing is like, I oh, how can I describe it? It's like a Hummer, uh, the the weight of a Hummer in a car just packed in the frame of a nice tight VW. At some point, something's got to give, right? I I ramble, I ramble. But I mean, Lord. Yeah, Giannis was not never going to say no to that. And anyone that thought that he was wasn't from Milwaukee or was just a major media member that really wanted him to go somewhere else. That's my sneaking suspicion. But your thoughts on it. I'd like to hear what you think more because this is a historic time for Milwaukee. Like, I can see why people would have thought he wouldn't have signed because no one has ever signed here. Greg Monroe was our last big signing. Like, oh. Who would have thought that we'd kept a super? I think that the James Harden thing is more so James Harden being a zombie at this point. Um, I think that, what was it, like 2015 or 2014 when he was cursed by Lil B? Ah, I think he absorbed some of that curse into his soul. (laughs) And now he doesn't care about anything. Except for uh, being Lil Baby's best friend. And throwing up ridiculous amounts of money at the strip club. Those are the two things on James Harden's mind. That's why that trade speculation of him to Milwaukee, Lord no. Oh, he would die first day. He'd ask for a trade. You see, silk exotic and run. Right. No way in hell. He's, I mean, Atlanta. Oh, I could see him going to Atlanta. He'd have a ball there. Maybe have a, a superstar career, Hall of Fame, five championship career year or career odd career. Sorry, that was what I was looking for. Sadly, though, he's stuck in Houston with Boogie Cousins and gang signed John Wall. He's he's not happy with it, from what I'm hearing. Gang signed John Wall. That's a, that's a shame because I've been watching them play in the preseason, and it looks like Cousins and Wall are having like a lot of fun playing. Yes, like they're Kentucky boys, aren't they? They're having a ball playing together. But no, James Harden doesn't like fun. James Harden likes step back jumpers, strippers, and And analytics. Oh, I was going to say toxic character traits, but yeah, sure. Analytics, same thing, same thing. (laughs) Um, Essentially. I don't know. What were some of the things that you heard during this whole like Giannis saga that worried you? Or that reassured you? I think it's a lot. All right. What worried me past traumas of being a Bucks fan. Uh, shit. I was a huge Desmond Mason fan. I had to see Larry Harris, that absolute snake oil salesman, trade my guy twice 
after we traded our previous star player in Ray Allen for him and a bag of chips in Gary Payton, who just said, oh, yeah, I got to go to Milwaukee. I'm going to retire. And then it's like, ah, actually, no, I'm coming back to the Lakers to run it back with Carl Malone. Like, I, I've seen some pretty fucking terrible, terrible things happen to this franchise. Number one pick, there's Chris Paul. There's Darren Williams. Andrew Bogut, great guy. Did a lot for the city. Whatever, whatever. Andrew Bogut. I, I've, I've seen a lot of questionable decisions by this franchise. Skimping on a ping Ma- Malcolm Brogdon. Even though I thought we made the right deal, we took the right guard in that situation, albeit it didn't work out. Ah, oh, man. That, that. Uh, uh, we'll just say that the history of the Bucks is what scared me because, yeah, I would have never thought that we'd maintain a superstar ever. Like, we, we got the right one, thank God. Uh, what reassured me was Giannis's character, what he said. Um, I, I do have some... Uh, background knowledge that I maybe sold some stuff to people in his family at champs could have been what sealed the deal. Grabbed that last sweater was like, yeah, I got it. I'll run the storage. I'll go above and beyond to make sure, you know what, you have a great time here and that you're served. And you know what? Didn't bust out who it was, kept it moving, kept Milwaukee in my mind. I was like, you know what? They don't want to go to somewhere where they're getting busted. out. like, Oh, you're this person. You're that person. I'm going to keep you anonymous. I'm going to sell you that sweatshirt. I'm going to let you be on your way. That's a little bit of my inside information, but uh, we'll just keep that under wraps for this podcast. That type of heroism that, like, Miguel, honestly, with the sweatshirt situation, you might have stimulated the Milwaukee economy by, like, tens of millions of dollars. I hope you know that. Oh, Although it was only maybe a $100 sale, in my mind, I knew it was a $250 million sale. I was like, you know what? I have to I have to dig. I have to dig for this one large sweater. You know how hard it is to find one large sweater when it's not on the sales floor and it's not in the back room. You gotta go to the stock room. Oh man. I had my manager sprint there. I was like, you know who this is? This is X person affiliated with this guy right here, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I showed her my phone background. I was like, you need to go. We have no time to waste. They were at the cash register waiting. I was like, Michelle. Uh, I'm on the walk. I'm like, are you back yet? She's like, I'm walking back. I was like, sprint your ass here. We need this sweater. All in all, we got the sweater. We got our guy. You have no one but me to thank. So the sweater, like, undoubtedly helped us, like, quite a bit. What what comes quite a bit me was that whole his media day last week, and I know, oh, like freaking out about it, but like. We listened to it together. We kind of picked out some hopeful points. Like he said that he trusts, like, or it made it sound like he was saying he trusts Horst and he trusts his agent to get the deal done. Yeah, trusting them to get the deal done doesn't sound like he was trusting them to like to like trade him or anything like that. That was that was kind of reassuring that even though he didn't commit that day, um, it seemed like he he didn't have like a foot out the door. Yeah, there's a lot of doomsday preppers saying, oh, my God, this is it. Oh, no, he didn't say he's committing. But, I mean, you say that. like I think you even said it that day. You lose those bonuses that you're trying to negotiate for. You lose all of that leverage that you started with. Exactly. Uh, that barber slash, like, pastor gate this past week. Have you heard of Oh, my God. Hilarious. Like, Hilarious. Freaked me out. 
Because I'm just like, dang, man, if there was anybody that I was going to tell that I was about to betray, or not betray, I was about to leave like 1.2 million people in the city of Milwaukee or county of Milwaukee, and then even more fans, if there was ever somebody I was going to reveal that to, it'd probably be my barber or my pastor, and this person just happened to be both. So I was just like, oh, well, that's that might be it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's the scare. That that was what scared me most. I'd say seeing his barber say what he said, but he would take him with him, even though, right? He'd be like, you know what? I you so you see his contract. I will fly you out to be my barber. It it seemed like I, that was where my optimism kind of poked, and I was like, this seems like a congratulatory thing, or like saying something without truly saying something, because I don't know. His barber would have been in tears. I mean, if I lost my client who just got a $250 million contract, I would be, I would, oh, he'd get pages. Like, are you sure? Is this what you want to do after all we've been through? Well, I'm, I'm really glad that we don't have to sit here and like, like worry about this anymore. Like it, I'm scared about how much serotonin rushed to my brain as soon as I saw like the Bleacher Report um, notification. But ultimately, I'm I'm really happy that this news came. I'm happy that Shams broke the news as well because uh, because Woj is a is a waste man who doesn't deserve a shred of our time in breaking any news because we know what he's about, which is the destruction of small market teams. I stand by it. That bogey thing just smells awful still. Oh, let me just read. I digress. These two tweets, one from Woj, one from Shams, both saying the same thing. And let me tell you, like, the, just the tone it comes with. Uh, oh, wait, don't tell us who is who. Okay. Just read the tweets, and I'm going to guess. So, tweet number one, as Giannis tweeted, he is signing his extension with the Bucks. His a- agent, Alex, tells ESPN it will be for the full five-year, $228 million Supermax, including an opt-out after the fourth year. Woj, go on. Sorry, but go on. <laughs> the second tweet, second please. Tweet. Giannis Antetokounmpo did not leave Milwaukee for a larger market. He, he committed to a five-year Supermax. Inside the meetings, discussion, and ultimate commitment from Giannis and the Bucks on, and then they list their publication there. That sounds a little bit more like Shams. Right. So you have Woj out here already, already stirring Oh, yeah, he, he could opt out his fifth year. For the 2025 offseason, saying like, oh, yeah, there's an opt-out after the fourth year. And you have Shams just focusing on like, oh, yeah, he's staying in a small market. That's not. This, oh, man, this man thrives in negativity. I, you know what? I muted him after all of that jazz happened with our fantasy, or sorry, our free agency debacle. I, you know what? Nate, let's just not give him any of our energy, any of our time or energy. Shams is the new is the new uh, bomb. It's now Shams bombs. What what is a Woj bomb? I've never heard of such thing. I, I think we just focus on people that give it good clear reporting like him. I'm gonna still follow him because he still beats Shams like like, most, like most of the time. Even if he's beating him by like two minutes. That's in today's day and age where times of the social construct it means, you know all the more um true true i cannot wait 
And then I have a follow-up question. Like, I, I cannot wait to start, like, messing with other teams whose, like, players are on their rookie contracts, <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, or on their first extensions, I believe, Jokic is, just trying to bait them to come to Milwaukee for no reason. Oh, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to Photoshop every star in a Milwaukee jersey. I'm going to go Lakers Twitter on this. I'm going to Photoshop every single star player I could think of in a, in a Bucks jersey, in a Bucks jersey, besides the players that I don't want. And I guess that kind of leads me to the final question I have for you for this segment, Miguel. Yes. Which franchise do you think is crying the biggest alligator tears after seeing this news today? Oh, my God. The Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers and or the Dallas Mavericks are the two teams that I could see really, like, just, oh, oh, just suffering from this. Because I think Dallas had the first inkling to pick up Costas to be like, ah, oh, yeah, look. Look at this. We're... We're we're picking up an onset of Kumpo. We you might want to come here. Granted, they didn't keep him enough to the free agency period to be like, ah, oh, look, you might want to come by your brother, right? Yes, but the Lakers, the Lakers have to be sick because I really do think that that's why LeBron maybe negotiated a bit of a smaller contract. Um, and I think that they really did have the hopes that like, oh yeah, like Kosas is here. He might want to come here. He might want to be in L.A. of all places. And I, I know Lakers fans have been thinking like, oh, yeah, he, he's not staying in Milwaukee. No way. Right. Miami fans. Oh, Miami even. They had an like, oh, yeah, he's not staying in that poverty franchise of Milwaukee. Well, read it and weep. This guy's staying. And I think, yeah, Miami is definitely sick because now they got to see him five more times in these playoffs at least. And L.A. especially, because I think they definitely are looking at Kosas now like, we're going to cut this nigga ASAP. I, I really think that that was the biggest ploy to really bait Giannis there that didn't end up working, honestly. Right, right. We're, and we're just going to completely ignore the fact that the Gnosis is on our roster. But, you know, like... Well, no, I, I mean, I, I never forgot that. But uh, I think a lot of other people do. Like, I think he's a forgotten member of the Antetokounmpo's because they're just waiting until Alex gets the league to see if the next one can be bigger and better. That's true. Cause um, Giannis came out like, the same year Giannis did and got drafted by the Knicks the same year. Yeah. So he's a vet at this point. The NBA journeyman. If he makes it to one more team. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I didn't know. I didn't think the Lakers thought they had a chance at him. I didn't even think the Lakers are trying too hard to make a run at him. I personally think the, yeah. the biggest tears right now are Miami Heat fans. Um, I don't know. Ooh, yeah. Convince themselves that because Miami has like such a like kind of grit a culture. culture, I think they convince themselves that everybody that has that like workhorse mentality just longs to be in Miami. And now we'll see. I think that I think Miami's going to throw some stuff at James Harden instead. Now, I I can definitely see that James is not going to. I, I won't say he won't play a game in a Houston Rockets jersey. We're only a week away. I think it's tight to work something out before the season starts. But I don't think he'll end the season in a Rockets jersey. Even though I'd love to see what that team looks like. That 
that might be as toxic of a team as Brooklyn, even if James Harden were to end up there. But, yeah, I I really don't know where he goes. I could see Daryl Morey really trying to throw the whole kitchen sink to go get his boy because I think, in his mind, I think he does try and trade Ben Simmons for James Harden in a in a Maury Ball aspect. Ben Simmons is the least Maury Ball ish player that it, maybe ever <laughs> because he likes to shoot no threes. Uh, he has no outside game whatsoever, and he's all paint in mid range. So I think that he's clamoring to get rid of Ben Simmons for his his point god back, his analytics god in James Harden. I I believe you too, like that he. He wants to get rid of Simmons. Right now, it seems like they're he absolutely hates that I know it. Table, but I, I think that's largely posturing, and I think ultimately it's going to be the Sixers throwing Simmons and some picks for for Harden. Because then, yeah, I, I definitely see them maintaining and beat because at least he has a three point presence. They're gonna they're gonna have him just camp the three point line these days if they're gonna get James Harden. That's all. That's all I see. Uh, I. And I, I've heard, you know, the rumors of going to Milwaukee, and I think that, yes, having two superstars never hurts. I, I see this working as like a James Harden and a super Clint Capella if they ever ran a pick and roll together. But, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't want to stay here. Like, I get that he wants to win rings, but that man has other things on his mind, and that's uh, getting a 4PF chain and uh, – catching COVID at the clubs. I I don't think he would fit culture-wise and or just in a play style-wise either. It worked for a few different scenarios, but overall, I think that it it's just something. It's a part that doesn't fit. Great part, phenomenal part, doesn't work in this machine. I think you're right. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I, I think the Bucks roster is fine as it is. I think... I'm not sure what the rules are in terms of extending uh, Drew, but I do think that'll be the next the next move this season because he has a – it's this year with us, and then he does have another player option, which he can opt into, but I'd rather give him a couple years extension or so. I think, yeah. I, and I like the guys that we have. They're all hard-nosed guys that want to play, want to win. That's the main thing. Like, Drew, he's been – I feel bad for his career because he's just bounced around to teams that are like, ah, yeah, this is supposed to be a team. Like that New Orleans team was supposed to be it, the closest thing to it that it could be. But it's just poor, poor roster construction and shitty timing with injuries and stuff like that. You're stuck in New Orleans where you got football trainers giving you medical advice and putting you out there like your football guys that have 16 games a season when – it's not how it works. That's why I think that label that sticks with AD is injury prone is kind of unfair. It can, I think as a product of their environment, there's really nothing you can do about it. And now he's on a team where he can thrive. He doesn't have that much pressure. Just got to hit shots and play defense. That's all we need. Yeah. Hit shots and play defense. And like he, these preseason games, it already seems like he's going to work with Giannis better than, than Bledsoe is at least like Ten-fold. that, that one, or two pick and rolls and the second preseason game against Dallas just seemed like so seamless. It was like, that was the best pick and roll Giannis has gotten since. That, that deft bounce pass, right? Like at the free throw line, left side, is that the one you're talking about? Yep. Like second quarter-ish? 
first quarter. Yeah. Like you could tell the timing is just that much better. Like he, he's not rushing to get these passes. I'm, I guarantee we're going to see a thousand percent less jump passes by a primary point guard. And I think that that is the main thing I'm very happy about our team. We have real point guards that can give Giannis real passes where it counts. Like I saw DJ Augustine throw a lob to Giannis. And I think that, tied the amount of lobs Eric Bledsoe had to Giannis all season last year. I mean, it, it's going to be something else to have guys that can get him the ball where he needs to, whereas I feel that Eric was definitely more of a bruiser point guard that could get the job done in terms of getting the ball up and moving it up, but it's stuck in his hands a lot, and I just think that the point guards that we have now are definitely a better fit. Like, although the ball might stick in DJ Augustine's hands a lot more, he's definitely working to find a better pass than Eric could have made as our starting point guard. And that's our backup right there. Yeah. And these guys don't even know how to play with each other yet. Like at all. You can tell. I think, uh, what was it? I think it was uh, Marcus Johnson, the play by play. I think he had a stat during one of the games saying that this Bucks roster now has like the least amount of like total minutes played with each other in the league. So like we, yeah, well, we have the newest team in the league, like with the most amount of new players. Like, so it'll be. I think that, that's huge too. Like, it'll be really interesting to see whether, like, whether that leads to a slow start and then a strong finish, which honestly I'd be okay with. Most definitely. Um, but it doesn't matter. We have five years now. We have five years. Five years. And and five years of just growth. I mean, already. I had, I had a bold prediction, very bold, probably not going to come true. It's probably my optimism, but I do think that Giannis could shoot very close to league average this year at the three. Very, very tough in terms of just like what we've seen and what people expect from him, but his shot is going to get there. It's already like, I don't know, maybe it's just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe I'm too close to it. Maybe it's too close for me to see. Maybe I'm blinded by the light that is Giannis Antetokounmpo and the growth he's shown. But he's he's taken leaps in all of these different fields. How could he not take it at the three? Like if he's a little more stationary, if he takes less pull-up threes, his, his shot percentage would probably go up if he's just taking catch and shoots. But I think that he's just definitely trying to push what he can do and what he's capable of. Because he, he is who he is. He wants to be the best no matter what. So shooting a league average 35% is possible. It's just what types of threes we're going to see him take this year and what positions he's getting in. He shot 30% last year. I think I think he could shoot around uh, 34 to 35 this year, which at, 30, at the 35 mark, people are going to really start respecting that shot. Somebody came out on him uh, during this last game against the Mavericks, and it I think it led to a layup for him. That, that that even that that's something I've tried to tell a lot of people, especially my family. I remember last year, Giannis came up, took a pull up three, and my dad's like, "Ah, oh, that's not the shot he's supposed to be taking. Like, take it in. Like, don't don't lose that aggression that you have." But hell, I saw a couple games later, he catches it at the top of the key, pump fakes, Paul Millsap jumps, and then he has a clear lane to the basket. Like, we're talking about, it's not about him making it every time or him having to be a 40% shooter to take those shots. It's just being the threat from out there to open up his game that much more and give us those easy shots that we usually get. I think people miss 
that part of the game that it's not about like, oh, he took it and he missed. Well, players see that, oh, he's willing to take that. He's hit a few. I might have to jump out on this. So just being that threat from outside is everything. And I think that he's got to keep taking those if he's going to take that step and our team gets to that next level too. I honestly think we'll see that. And, man, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just excited for for Christmas Day, the Christmas Day games, and then really excited oh. for this, this regular season to start. And maybe by, like, playoffs, some people will be able to actually watch the games in the Pfizer Forum. So. Oh, man, oh, man. You know, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to finesse my way as a concession stand worker. I'm going to – fake being a bodyguard i'll try it all do whatever i can to get in there i'll i'll fake being a graphic designer i'll come in with poster board but yeah i'm just sketching something up this podcast not just, um, condone impersonating uh nba league officials this, this is nope jokes, not at just all just for jokes just yep uh yep that for the sponsors miguel sorry no of course i uh, everything that i say is true about basketball everything else it's a mixed bag. You have no clue. So, Miguel, if yes. you had to give, like, a, a high school uh, grade to our free agency this past offseason, mm-hmm. what would you give the Bucks? Did we fail? <sighs> we, we didn't fail. We got – all right. You know what? I'll preface it with this. We got better as a team, but there were some crucial moments that we slipped up on. So uh, for it being a good and bad offseason, this is going to seem like a low grade, but I'm going to give it a 69. And this is why I'm going to give it such a rating. It, I we... Uh, hey, hey, hey. All right, no, this is a serious grade. A 69 is passing. I passed my last college class with something around there. It's a passing grade. It's a passable number. It, it's not pretty, but here's the reason why it's a 69. Because we fucked ourselves with this bogey thing. This bogey thing really blew up on our face. Giannis wanted him. Bogey wanted to come here. And we it's heartbreaking we could have had a true true dynasty with a drew holiday bogey Giannis, chris core brooke throw him in there too it could have been a special special team and now we kind of have to like take a step back and that's it's a tough pill to swallow and i think like drew is a great get it's just kind of diminished by the fact that like our front office kind of had to slip up. Giannis even called it a slip up. It's not pretty. It's a blemish on what would have been a very, very nice offseason. And I still think it was. I mean, Bryn Forbes, great pickup. Torrey Craig, Denver didn't even want to let him go. This ran out of space. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Nick Sauce Castillo, uh, Nick Stauskas, uh, last bo- bottom of the barrel uh, piece. But I mean, like, still, I'll take it. I, we just have a lot more uh, playable pieces at a lot more different spots. Like DJ Augustine, we have a real point guard now. Like you couldn't say that about last year, even with our starting point guard and Eric. Like we tried to have Dante run point even too. So 
I like the team that we got. The bogey thing just kind of, ah, uh, ah, uh, it hurts. It hurts. I think it, I think having Bogdan Bogdanovich on our team definitely would have made us better, but it, I don't think it's a, it was like a make or break. Uh, if you ask me to give us like a high school rating, I'd probably give us like a a B plus or an A minus, to be honest. And, and maybe I'm being a little bit like generous. I I applaud Horse for not like overreacting with last year because I, I, you might know Miguel. I was kind of in the camp like, all right, we could we might be able to just like kind of run it back again. Like it's not like our it's not like there were much there was much else out there that could make our team all the more better. Um, the yeah. one exception yeah, I mean, to that number I one defense, going number into one offseason was like getting Drew Holiday. And I was just like, I don't think we're going to get Drew Holiday. Every team's going to want Drew Holiday is an A1 point guard. But then we ended up getting Drew Holiday. And our bench ended up getting like filled out, like you said, with uh, DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis. Very Bobby happy Portis with that. Looks like up. he's going to be pretty good. Uh, but we'll talk more about uh, Bobby and DJ and their connection when we talk about uh, – the preseason games and how those looked. Oh, yeah. I, I do like how our bench filled out. I'm glad we didn't take the, what do you call them, like a, the honeypot of trying to get, like, Chris Paul. Because, like, I know he's Chris Paul, he's a point god and all that, but that contract-wise, contract a, a, a nightmare. How old is Chris Paul? 35, No. Right, thirty-five. Chris Paul is thirty-five years old. Jeez, is that is that fact? Is, that's facts. That's fact checked. Yeah, May sixth, uh, nineteen eighty-five. Like, why don't we like? Why isn't the same like type of rhetoric uh, going around for Chris Paul that there is for uh, LeBron James? Oh, that he's actually, gonna fall off a cliff. Not that he's gonna fall off a cliff, but that he's still doing these things at age thirty-five. Like, how many times do you hear that during a LeBron oh. James game? How many times do you hear that in a Chris Paul game? But anyway, we, I <laughs> we, we yes, didn't yes. get Chris Paul, and I'm happy about that. We got the point guard we really needed. We Our bench is better our time line a lot better. I am going to miss Bledsoe just because, like, I honestly just liked him as a person. He seemed like he really wanted to be in Milwaukee. They, they really clicked. Like, you can tell they really enjoyed each other's presence and company. Yeah, and for I think, sure. Like, that's, you, you can't really – uh put a, a number on that even though like Eric might not have been the best like point guard for a, a finals run I mean like hell they enjoyed each other's company and that's that's all you can really ask for sometimes too that's how you build that chemistry you get a number one team in the NBA yeah that's exactly like you gotta the players actually have to want to play with each other is the thing uh it's Miguel we we do have to talk about the rest of the league's free agency and the big free agency or I guess we can call it almost pre-free agency story going around right now is James Harden because he still is on a contract here but people are acting as if he isn't where do you oh, think Harden plays, where do you think Harden plays the majority of his games this coming season uh it's really hard to say because I mean I know that Houston wants to deal him before the season starts, and James definitely wants to be somewhere else. It's what other teams want to. And I think there are a lot. It's just how do you match contracts? What player is going to fit that trade? Because, I mean, Philly putting Ben Simmons on the table, cool. Next to John Wall, 
ah, oh, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like some, some trades, I know you trade talent for talent and you try and just get the best out of it, but I don't know how that benefits Houston in any way, uh, unless they were going to get Embiid and trade Boogie Cousins and just swap outright. But man, I, I don't know. He's going to end up in the Eastern Conference. I give it like 15 games max because I know that James is a person he'll probably just kind of shut down and be like, you know what? I won't play. Let me get to Daddy Maury. And he'll end up, I, I think, yeah, 15 games, he ends up in Philly. I don't know if a Brooklyn trade happens without them, show, like, dealing Kyrie and KD or KD. So, interesting. Love seeing him on the Bucks. I don't know what pieces we have or how numbers would match up. If Chris would ever go, like, yeah. It'll, it'll be fun to see where he no. goes. It just depends how contracts match. No, 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 no. See, don't even like if Horace is listening to this podcast, which is like a a million to one chance that he is. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't even put that in his head. I don't want James Harden on the Milwaukee Bucks. I I don't want to lose yeah. Christmas and off of the Milwaukee Bucks either. It seems like um, of players that Giannis really wants to stay on the team. Like Chris is definitely is definitely number one. Yes, um, but I think about just like. That pick and roll. Think about what he did with Clint Capella. And you put Giannis at the end of that with James Harden. Think about the the quality of life in Milwaukee strip clubs. Silk Exotic might be funded for like two years on like week one if James just goes and he's like, you know what? They need help. I need I need to see something a little bit better. We might see quality of life for certain people in this city just skyrocket if this man comes here. You're uh, right. Atlanta, the North one. Like this economy. Wait, say it again. It would it would stimulate the economy. You're right. I, I guess I'm I'm being selfish and looking at this from I, a basketball perspective. Yeah, so if we really think sense. about if we really think about the people that need it most here in Milwaukee, the the bartenders right now, the the professional dancers. Then yeah, I guess James. You know Harden's he's out here. He's supporting small business no matter what. I've seen. Come on, he's gonna bring little baby out here. I want to see little baby in a club. I know my friends do. Bring James Harden to Milwaukee. I don't know if little baby wants to see little baby in a Milwaukee club though. Like, you, no, but I, I get it. As someone that was anti James Harden on the Bucks, I, I get it. But right now, I don't know what it is. If if it's the the air this morning, but I want I want him now. But bring him here. We trade Brooke, Dante, and Bobby Portis. They take it. Oh, no, no, I, I don't take that. I, I don't even know if the, the Rockets. Oh, wait, sorry, not Bobby Portis, DJ Wilson, because he is he is the AD stopper. We saw it years past, and now he's just looking like a different beast. I think they'd be hard-pressed to say no to that. Dante, uh, DJ, Brooke. It's a the wrap. Funniest moment, the funniest moment of this James Harden saga, and it actually has a Bucks connection, too. To me, it was this uh, – uh, preseason game. Oh, shoot, I forgot who the Rockets were playing against, but Christian Wood, the former Milwaukee Buck, uh, took it coast to coast on a rebound. And uh, the Rockets announcer or play by play man, I think his name is Bill uh, Worrell or something like that, he said, Who needs James Harden after uh, after Christian Wood like finished with the left hand? And I was just like, Oh man. <laughs> They're already planting the seeds. They're already planting the seeds. How did they let this oh. man say this? If there's anyone that knows the potential that Christian Wood has, it's Bucks fans. 
Yeah. I'm glad to see Christian Wood doing well. I'm even like happier to see him not passing to James Harden when he calls for the ball and taking it coast to coast. Mm. Uh, let's see. What, what else we got to talk about? We got to we got to get a, like around the association a little bit more. We got let's talk about the Eastern Conference because that's the the one ah. that we're in. You see yes, any yes. like big threats? And I know I know which which vice themed team you're going to say is our biggest <laughs> threat. But I, I, I want see, I want the listeners to hear it and I want to hear it from your mouth again. This is gonna sound like cat, but everyone that knows me knows this. I've said since like five years back, the only team that could truly stop us year after year is Miami. Eric Spolstra is God tier at coaching against a LeBron-esque player because he had LeBron and he knows how to do it. Him and Pop. But he has the pieces down there to do it too, to back it up. Like they keep drafting these guys that I'm just like, oh, I hope they fall to us. Bam. They they get him at like, what, 13? I, I forgot what he was picked at. We were like four picks away. We get DJ Wilson that same draft. It's just they pick up these young guys too that match up stature-wise against – Giannis very well. I, I forgot who they just drafted this year too, but another like big body down low too, who looks pretty mobile. Miami always will be that number one threat in the East to me. No matter how good Brooklyn looks or how good Boston may look with a new Tristan Thompson, I I, I don't know. Miami, coaching wise and personnel wise, they'll always match up with us. Jimmy, he's a dog. He's an alpha. He'll always have his games. So. You know, that's going to be them. Tyler Hero, man, he's got the Jack Harlow co-sign now. Like, he's going to be balling out of his mind. Uh, Brooklyn, uh, that's, that's Brooklyn number two. what it takes, the, the Jack Harlow co-sign. Shout out to, what's his name, Andy Ellsberg, the general manager of the Miami Heat, who just keeps on, like, winning in the – I don't even want to say he's winning in the draft because, like, he keeps on winning and scooping up these G League players who – who just have these really like unique characteristics, like bam, like Duncan Robinson. Did he and then scoop up Whiteside? Was he there? Yeah, he scooped up Whiteside too, which like mm. some people are white, like people are either pro or anti Hassan Whiteside, but I, he, he is a good defensive player if you get the max effort out of him. Oh man, he could spring on another. What, what other teams are you looking out for? Boston, uh, Team Toxic. Team Toxic, yeah, Boston. Uh, sorry, yeah, Brooklyn. Sorry, Team Toxic. Brooklyn is definitely going to have themselves a fun year. I still think matchup-wise, we'll, we can handle them pretty well. Philly, if they get James Harden. If not, I'll always disrespect Philly in whatever capacity I can. They are the utmost. Uh, they still might be Team Toxic, even with Jimmy gone. Uh, because, man, even with Brett Brown gone. We'll see how that goes with Doc. But, uh... Yeah, Philly is Philly's uh, yeah. Uh, if we see him, I'm sure we'd handle him. So it's just threats to us. I'll say Miami. Like record wise, I think what? Uh Philly could be they they could be the second seed. They could be the seventh. Uh their seasons are so up and down. Uh Brooklyn, I think, will definitely be in the top three along with Miami. Toxic. Team Toxic, sorry, sorry, I'll refer to them as their uh, given name. Team Toxic will be number two for alliteration's sake. Uh, Miami will be a three seed. I think Indiana's going to shake up four. Philly will be five. Uh, Boston, six. Oh, that Kemba. Mm. 
flip-flop, who would I say, uh, Indiana at four? Put Boston at four, Indiana five, Philly's going to be six. Oh, that's my bold prediction. Charlotte's going to be a seven seed. We're going to see LaMelo versus KD in the first round. I can't wait. Uh, and then we're going to get Orlando again. I don't know how they how, – I don't know how they oh, – oh, no. Give uh, Chicago the eight seed this year. They look kind of fun. I think Chicago's a very slept-on, young, talented team. They lost Chris Dunn, but, I mean, what? They still got Levine. Kobe White looks like a stud. Uh, they'd be a, a scary eight seed to see, actually. So, uh, yeah, throw them at eight. I forgot about them. I have my top four for the Eastern Conference, but I haven't really figured out the order yet because, honestly, it could be in any order. I'm going to say with the um, – so the Bucks, obviously, I think are going to go one or two, actually. And I'm already contradicting myself by saying that the Bucks are going to be one or two. But um, Brooklyn's going to be up there. They look pretty good in their uh, preseason game. Or, I'm sorry, not Brooklyn. Team Toxic will be up there. They look Thank pretty you. Good in their, uh, preseason game. I think Boston is going to continue to put it together with uh, Jason Tatum. Can you believe Jason Tatum is still only 21 years old? He's only oh, he's 19 19. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. in his fifth NBA season or his fourth NBA season, whichever it is. Like this man just doesn't no, I, age. Crazy. Every time he plays, he just he just booms me with his effort. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> he 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 just does it every time. For those that don't know, it sounds pretty suspect. Just uh, Google LeBron, Jason Tatum, boomed me. Yeah, you'll know. And if you know, you know. Uh, I think <laughs> Toronto is going to be up there. So Brooklyn. I'm sorry. I keep. I'm gonna keep on messing that up. Team Toxic. Oh, I forgot. Milwaukee, Toronto. Toronto, and Boston are going to be uh, my top four. How did I feel I that Toronto Russell was a Westbrook team? Is going to find a way to. Uh, well, I shouldn't say Russell Westbrook. I should say Bradley oh. Beal is going to find a way to get the Wizards to maybe the fifth spot. Jesus, wait, how did I – there's so many teams that I'm just blanking. I put Charlotte in the playoffs. Let me retract. Let me retract. Oh, no. No, nah, it's too late. We're, we're going to clip that and play it, like, in whenever the playoffs start in April. It's like Miguel said, the Charlotte Hornets, the, the LaMelo Hornets. I put Indiana in there. I put Indiana in there. Yeah, bro. And I didn't put Toronto in. wrong I didn't put Toronto in. <laughs> I I almost put Orlando in there before I remember Chicago. Oh no, this is a bad one. Uh, Blake Griffin well, yep, might try and go for a last hurrah season in Detroit and get them to like and a I forgot Washington. See, but Detroit didn't they waive uh, Leangelo? Yeah, they did. For that reason, for that reason, they're out. <laughs> Poor they don't. They don't have, that's why I have Charlotte in there. Actually, they'll they'll have the juice. Him and him and Miles Bridges are gonna have a career year. And I think they'll they'll be right there. I don't know. My the jury's still out for me on the the Charlotte Hornets. Um let's see. Hey, if there's one thing Michael Jordan knows how to do, it's draft. Am I am I right? <laughs> am I right? That's did you say draft did you say drink? Oh well I'm sorry. It could be like- that too. No, uh, I said if there's one thing that Michael Jordan can do, it's draft, right? Oh, oh, um, sure. <laughs> Look at his track record; it speaks for itself. Cody Zeller, baller. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. 
actually, like, unironically, I think Michael Kidd Gilchrist is actually pretty good. I still think he's like two years away from being two years away. He's right there. <laughs> he's so close. <laughs> I think he, he'd be a good like defensive stopper coming off of any bench. Where is he even playing now? Is he? Even- he was at Dallas. I'm not sure if they re-signed him. I thought that someone else picked him up. Memphis. Memphis. That's what my gut. There's so many players moved. That's my gut. I think he's I on don't the Knicks. I think he's on the Knicks. Yeah, look at, I'm looking at this article from uh, the 17th, and it says Gilchrist will still be out on Friday's preseason game. So I guess the Knicks picked him up. Wow. But he's he's out with some, wow. illness, some sort of virus or something. I, I don't know what it is. Um, There's nothing like that going around, right? Much like that going around. But, you know, actually, that brings us to our next part. Like, um, in our little season preview, uh, do you have any like concerns for the coronavirus for this season? I mean, obviously the vaccine just dropped, you know, but it's like you know, hey, fresh vaccine pack. Oh no, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's you know it's kind of a hot ticket right now. They're only letting doctors get it, but I I'm hoping that more people will be vaccinated uh, or vaccinated, inoculated, whichever the correct term is. Um, before that's a big word. Sounds right. Before uh, the playoffs start. I, well, in a general sense, yes, I still, I have so many concerns. I've seen things that we're going to be in this for a little bit, man. Uh, So (laughs) I think, I think worst comes to worst, they bubble up if uh, there's going to be another general shutdown of the populace. Uh, Because, yeah, I just don't see it working with like them flying stadium to stadium if like yeah it's it's really interesting how political the nba has been within these past two years like uh daryl morey uh with that tweet with china impacting like how china watches nba games and now it's like in a whole different stratosphere like now it's all with social justice was this past season and like Man, I who knows? They, they almost stopped the last season, not even because of COVID. It was a, a strike. It almost was that. So I I have concerns in terms of, uh, yeah, finishing the season, whatever capacity that means. But I think Adam Silver, that uh, – I mean, I call him a snake, but only in terms of appearances. He's done a great job with the NBA in a lot of facets. He'll figure it out. He'll bubble it up, and he'll – just find the teams and the players that come back positive. I think that might be the the route that they're going to end up going. So in whatever way the season will finish, I just think that there's still, I mean, like we had last season, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way. I think they're going to be, I think the season's going to be able to finish out. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I do have another question for you about like, whether you think NBA players will receive the vaccine before, like we do, which I think is pretty likely. Oh, and, but I'm also noticing we on have the to, Bucks oh. schedule, like there's a bunch of like games where we just play the teams back to back. Like our the first time we see the Heat this season is uh the 29th, and then we play them again the next day on the yep. 30th, and then very same thing with Detroit. We play them on January 4th, and we play them again on January 6th. So I think they're trying to cut down on the, be... the travel, and but all of them they're all flying yes. private now anyway. It's like you can test every like the 
the 45 people that are going to get on a private plane and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I almost cut you off earlier, but I had to cut myself off from doing that. Uh, we have to do a Michael Porter Jr. Watch, you know, you know that, right? Uh, uh, why? Oh, you don't. Oh no. Uh, he, isn't he on record saying that he's never gotten a vaccine in his life? Like he's a, he is like our only reported anti-vaxxer in the NBA. Oh my God. You're actually, you're right. I forgot all about that. Like there was this whole <laughs> this, thing. This is going to be incredible. Like I remember when, when, when two immovable forces meet. I remember people did like some research on this when um, the bubble first started and he was, he was talking about like uh, not wearing a mask and things like that. And that's when like all the things came out about him never taking a vaccine uh, and then people even looked like, what do you mean not taking a vaccine? Because just like some colleges or most colleges, they won't even admit you if you don't, if you're not like up to date on like certain vaccines. But then it turns out at right. the University of Missouri, where he went, no you can actually no get way. <laughs> a waiver to like claim exemptions for these vaccines. That is very interesting. I would have, yeah, I would have never known. So we we definitely have to keep an eye on that. There might be some uh, some rumblings from the NBA to, yeah, keep keep it tight lipped, young man. We'll just have like I don't know. We can have like Pat Connaughton draw like guard him or something. <laughs> I say that because oh, God, I trust Pat's saying, immune God, system. God. I, I trust Pat's immune system. That's the only reason why. Like no other. Oh man. Ah oh, man. No, no. I uh, I think. If, if you're citing his immune system, I think that's fair. That's okay. Definitely immune system. We we we, we love Patty Connaughton. You know, he he jump high. He he lift much. <coughs> Strong boy. He's Giannis bestie. Yeah, Giannis yeah, bestie. That's yes, that's all. The most good. important part is like Giannis actually likes lifting with him. And I think that's why we gave him a two and one. <laughs> like, why we have we have him for three years? Like that contract was might have yep. been the only slip up for this offseason, honestly. But I mean, questionable. I think that's fair. Questionable to to see. Like, I, I don't know. Doesn't it kind of lock us? It locks our our, our uh, cap space up. Am I wrong about that? It definitely fills up some of our cap space. Let me let me actually look up uh, the contract. I know it's a player option for the third year. Um, similar to the Urson contract, but his was like two years, I thought, which would have been better. It's but... three years, yeah, three just years. under sixteen million guaranteed. Um. Yeah, so it's like five million, a little over five million, a little over five and a half million in the option year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, so yeah, we can we can just have him as Giannis's personal trainer. Um, I really fine. hope as long as Giannis is happy, I'm I really happy. Hope by that, like by February, like he's embarrassed me because he's like shooting lights out or something like that. That's really what I hope for. One can hope. So Miguel, what have you thought of the preseason so far? What have you seen? Let's 
let's talk about Chris. Let's talk about Giannis and shooting, and then the most improved player front runner, DJ Wilson. Ah, the goat, the one, the only. Uh, well, from what I've seen, Chris looks like Chris. Still, like polished. I anyone that says that he isn't a number, a real number two option, or that uh. I haven't heard yesterday someone said that Giannis isn't a number one or like, but whatever, whatever they might mean. He looks like the guy still like you give the, you give the ball to him, he'll get you a bucket. And that's all you can ask for out of a number two. Like he'll score in mid range. He'll score at the three, which I think from three point line, he's looking a little bit better. I feel like his first year with bud, the catch and shoot stuff was kind of, throwing his rhythm off just a little bit because, I mean, he thrived in the mid-range, gaining a rhythm there. And I think now they're really letting him kind of just abuse his talents. Like, they know and they trust him to shoot mid-range, so they'll let him get that shot from time to time. And I think this third year, like, you're going to see a lot more comfortability in this system that Bud's created. Like, even with Giannis, like, his his shot, it just looks tighter. His elbow is tucked a little bit more there – it looks like uh, if anyone watches, uh, I think it's basketball breakdown. They did an analysis on his shot, and uh, they kind of took it, took it and wrecked it. His shot, his rookie year, was very good. It had balance. Like he had a little dip to his shot to create just a little bit more power going towards the rim. And then in years past, it was just a straight upwards motion. It just seemed forced. And now it just seems like he's getting back to his old ways of having that little dip to his shot to give him that natural motion. And I think that like fundamentally like he, he might have not shot like the best percentage still from the line but like i think it will pay off dividends as the year goes on so i think our two main guys they're looking phenomenal i, I want you to start off on this dj watch though like, I, what are you seeing differently that he's doing on the court as opposed to like years past when you get in for those last like five minutes of a game um i see him being like a lot more aggressive so far when he's been on the court. And I think I heard uh, during one of the preseason games that he actually went to some like off season workouts. Like what, what's that camp out there in LA that all those people go to? Uh, Oof. Uh, you got me on that one. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. I uh, thought you were going to talk about the LA fitness gym that Mellow's in. Uh, all I know is that's in New York. I thought. It's the only workout gym that I recognize. But it's like that same gym that you see like Kyrie Irving at or Kevin Durant at. Uh, I I might have to edit the podcast and add this in later. But he's just been looking more and more aggressive in his, what I think is a contract year for him. So I'm I'm still a DJ Wilson believer. I think that he can can do it this season. Uh, For Chris... Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. He's looking like a a true number two. Um, let's see, like his last – we're recording this the day after the the Pelicans game. He's so up 27, he, four and something? My 29, my four, and four in 26 minutes. Yeah, like – Three for three for six from three, eight for eight from free throw line. Like he – he looked like a pretty good number two. This is a game that Giannis didn't play in, so he was probably being a lot more aggressive. Holiday also looked uh, pretty good as like a 
our number three option. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Drew. Yeah. yeah. 15 points, five for five from three throw line, uh, four rebounds, five assists from Drew Holiday. So he's and that. Yeah, that's in 26 minutes from him, too. So that's definitely I think what that, we want. That's great. That That's a great thing that we're already kind of forgetting about him in that sense, because I feel like in in years past, it was such a focus because there's just like an issue in whatever capacity, like whether it's ghosting in the playoffs or just having too many turnovers or the ball sticking a guard's hands. He just fits with these guys. Like it doesn't really stick with him, but when he is shooting, he's very sure handed sure. Uh, just very, very in tune when his shots are going to come. It seemed like last year we just see Eric like come up from time to time, like five, six seconds in the shot cut clock, just pull up three that's not what you need. Like it just seems like the offense is just flowing and they're really working together seamlessly. And where in years past, it was like, okay, it's your turn to do something. You go, you shoot. All right. Now I'm going to give it to you. You go, you shoot. I, I think that's something that like, I'm really going to look forward to with this team, especially with drew at the helm, just a seamless transition from point guard to uh, a truer point guard. Yeah. Like I, I agree with you 100%. Like this, seeing Drew, seeing Chris, seeing Giannis all improving or, or just being them definitely has me excited for, for this season, which kind of leads us to the end of our first podcast, Miguel. We got to do what we're going to do every single week. We're going to have a, a weekly bold prediction. I refuse to use the term hot take because – um reasons so miguel for our weekly bold prediction for this week we're going to be predicting when the bucks first regular season loss is going to take place let's see they start the season with the celtics then of course the warriors christmas day game then the knicks then the heat two times and then we begin on new year's day against the bulls and the following monday against the Pistons. And that's about as far as I'm going to go because I think their first loss is actually going to come in that first uh, handful of games. I think that second heat game in a row on December 30th, I think that's when we're going to take our first loss. I think the first heat game, we're going to come out with like a vengeance, wanting some type of revenge. It's going to be nationally televised on TNT. And then the other one, the day after, like, it's probably going to slack off a little bit. Think like, okay, yeah, we know how to beat this team. We don't – you can get them out of our head. What do you think? To keep it fresh, if it's going to be a bold prediction, I think our first loss is going to come against none other than the New York Knicks. Game three of the season following that Christmas Day game. I think think we're going to come out a little sluggish. Post-Christmas, Giannis is going to have a little bit extra cookie in him from uh, feeding Liam and doing his familial duties. I think I think we're just – it's going to be a, a a trap game. That's the word I'm looking for. It's going to be a trap game in every sense of the word where we walk into it thinking that, ah, it's the New York Knicks. We're the Milwaukee Bucks. It, this is going to be one in the W column. Let's pack it in, boys. Let's get out of here. But I think it's it's gonna shoot us in the foot. I think uh, 
I think there's going to be a couple guys that come out hot. Bobby's going to come out against his old team. I think he's going to have the best game that game next to Giannis. Because Giannis will sleepwalk his way to a 25-8-8, even if that's a bad game. Uh, but yeah, I think they're going to come out on top. They beat us in OT last year, too. That still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I think, uh, yeah, I think the New York Knicks, if we're going to keep it as a bold prediction, book it. I, I Yeah, that's, that's definitely bold. I really can't wait for next week's recording session where I can just be like, hey, Miguel, remember when you told me that the uh, New York Knicks were going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks? Hey, this is Nate from the Ball Bro Podcast. Um, Here at the Ball Bro Podcast, we are committed to giving back at least half of our advertisement earnings to the greater community of Milwaukee. So if you have any recommendations for charities, please slide into our DMs at brother underscore podcasts on Twitter, or you can shoot us a Gmail at ballbropod at gmail.com. Again, we are looking for charities to donate to um, in the greater Milwaukee community or in Wisconsin.